Welcome to the Unofficial Scholars Podcast with Dylan Stubblefield and David Hancock, where we discuss everything from science fiction to pop culture. We're not experts. We're not scholars. We're two guys having a casual conversation about the things that interest us. If you'd like to become an unofficial scholar, go to patreon.com slash unofficial scholars for exclusive content. Have you heard of third hand smoke? Mm, I'm trying to like just think through what that would be, but enlighten me. That's new, dude. I'm going to hit you up with some knowledge. I feel like, why do I feel like I've heard that somewhere? Well, third hand smoke is like, okay, so second hand smoke, first hand smoke is you're smoking. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Second hand smoke is you're in the room while somebody's smoking and you're breathing in what they're exhaling. Mm-hmm. Third hand smoke, from my understanding, from the one time that I heard my wife mention it, is you're actually breathing in like the smoke that you can smell off of somebody's like clothing, yeah, okay. for example. So I, I have wanna, heard that. Let's look it up, dude. Let's find the definition. Third hand smoke. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's legit, I'm sure. But what is third hand smoke? Yeah, third hand smoke poses a potential health hazard to non-smokers, especially children. Substances, substances in third hand smoke are known to be hazardous to health. That was from mayoclinic.org. That's reliable. Yeah, hey. So, yeah, that's a thing. That's I mean, interesting. I feel like I, so that's, it's funny because I like the smell of like tobacco and cigarette mm-hmm. smoke. Like I grew up, a lot of my mom's side of the family like smoked. And so I kind of associate that with like my childhood, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like some people, you know, smell cigarettes, they get grossed out. I smell them like, ah, smells like, <laughs> smells like good memories. It smells like my dad. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling, I agree with you, man. Like my dad constantly had liquor breath and then like the smell of smoke on his breath. And, you know, he was always wearing the same flannel. And so he had this flannel that he was wearing and it smelled like cigarettes. It smelled like alcohol. And that smell just became a smell. You know, it wasn't alcohol. It wasn't cigarettes. It was the smell of him. Right. And so, yeah, man. And so I just remember like whenever, you know, he gave me a big hug, it was like, oh, dad, you know, I was (laughs) like, he smelled like a man, dog. Like (laughs) I just, I like that smell. I thought he smelled manly, man. He's, I think it does. Yeah. Well, dude, that that's kind of going away, man. I feel like, you know, the acoustic smoking, which is cigarettes. <laughs> the acoustic smoking. <laughs> it's on the is way out. Is that what it is? I don't know. The acoustic. Okay, because you got the. <laughs> it's acoustic versus electric now with the vapes, dude. You got the electric smoking and you got the acoustic smoking. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think. Sense. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are moving to e-cigs and vapes and stuff, which. I don't know from the different research that I've seen and heard, it's not any better. I did some research for you, dude. Let me explain it to you. Okay. Enlighten me. So when I was, I think in, in 2012, I was about 17 years old, Hmm. 17, maybe 18. And around that time there, the vapes weren't really popular, at least in the Midwest. Maybe they were on the West coast or something where things were trending a little bit faster, but the electronic cigarettes weren't. And the first electronic cigarette that I recall existing was the, the electronic cigarette that was called Blue. Yep. I remember that. Have you seen that? Yep. And so I remember trying that and it was okay. Right. It didn't really quite compare to a cigarette, but it was, it was close. And, um, you know, it was shit. What the fuck were we talking about, dude? I totally lost my train of thought. Just e-cigs coming into the market and taking over acoustic cigarettes. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> at the end of the day, that, that's what's going to happen, I guess. Yeah, bro. I wanted to school you. I think at the end of the day, I think at the end of the day, I just wanted to say, like, jewels are amazing, bro. <laughs> are they? I remember. No, they hit. They hit like a cigarette, man. Like, it was like there was nothing that could compete to a blue, like, a, or a, a, an actual cigarette. And then they came out with the blue, and the blue was, like, half-assed. It was like, oh, it wasn't quite there. But, man, in 2023, they really got it figured out. They got the grip on the market. Yeah, man, especially with the jewel. Like, there's a reason that I think that half of that shit's being banned. It's like, this is better than a cigarette. So, you know, cigarettes are already good. Let's back off this a little well, bit. Well, it's crazy, like, how much the jewel has taken over, like, high school like more kids are smoking than ever before more kids are addicted to nicotine than ever before do you think so no that's true yeah absolutely they're like it's a huge problem right now in high schools where like they'll go in the bathroom and kids are like groups of like 50 kids are passing around jewels and they're smoking like it's a huge issue right now that they're trying to figure out how to like you know mitigate because a lot of kids are smoking jewels uh, I can say it's proudly five percent nicotine. I mean, they're passing around, <laughs> like, I don't. I don't have time to get out of school, man. I gotta have it. I gotta have it now. I've I've smoked one cigarette in my life. I just to say, and not even smoked the whole thing. I literally just like put a cigarette in my mouth and took a drag just to try it and say that I have. But I don't know. I just don't see the allure. Like. I guess maybe when I was a kid, they stuck it in me enough that it's going to turn my teeth yellow and fuck up my lungs that I never, like, wanted to versus, like, drinking always seemed cool and fun, so I did that a lot. But, like, smoking cigarettes just never seemed cool to me, so I just never did it. No. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it's uh, number one, it's, like, stanky and, you know, obviously, you know, all the aforementioned health effects. It's, like, (laughs) nobody wants that. But for me, I think uh, my buddy... Um, I think we were at a party and I was like, maybe, man, I was young. I ain't even, I'm not even going to mention the age. And <laughs> we left the party and he was like, Hey man, I got it like a Newport cigarette, which is like a menthol cigarette, right? 11. You were 11. <laughs> 10. <laughs> Stop guessing. Stop <laughs> guessing. <laughs> Nine, eight, seven, six. No. Um, you know, I was old enough to know what I was doing mm-hmm. and he handed me a menthol cigarette and I was like, you know, this looks terrible, but you know, let me give it a shot. And I took a draw off of it and it made me lightheaded and you know, it felt good, man. I liked it. I mean, everybody, (laughs) some people like nicotine, some people don't like nicotine, but this particular, this particular thing for me was, I mean, that was it. It hit. And, um, yeah, man. And I never looked back. Until I did look back, and then I realized that I'm destroying my life with nicotine. <laughs> I remember at <laughs> 20, and I was like, "All right, I'm done. I'm done." I was at a skate park like last year, and this is when I knew that I was like getting older mm-hmm. and like couldn't relate to the younger crowd because, like I said, they're it's taken over. The kids are smoking a lot. Like jewels are a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And this kid at the skate park, I was like just riding around the bowl, and he we were, he kind of like came over me. He was like, "Hey, you got Nick?" And I was like do I have what? He's like, you got Nick? I was, yeah, like, my home, I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, nicotine. I was like, oh, no. I was like, what are you, I guess, yeah, they call it Nick now, which makes me sound old as fuck, but I had no clue what he was talking about. I'm, I'm stick to the acoustics, dude. That's I like it, cigars. Though. I like, you know, like I'll smoke a good cigar. You like cigars. You got a cigar tattoo on your forearm. I do, man. Um, I do. Tell us what the, the best cigar of all time is. It's a, uh, uh, oh come got, on, man! Yeah. yeah, it's the Oliva Serie yeah. V, soft box pressed 
Limitado. No, I'm just kidding, man. I can't even remember it, to be honest. You used to I have it off the I cuff. Know, it did, to, okay, in it, fairness. I mean, it really genuinely was. It was the Oliva Serie V Milanium. There it is. Yeah. We used to, no. uh, yeah. So we haven't, in fairness, we haven't smoked cigars in a while, and we used to pretty regularly. And yeah, you were a fucking connoisseur with. You had all the like magazines, and you'd say like, oh, "I'm gonna order this one and this one." And yeah, man. I mean, it, it's been a couple of years now, and um, I mean, there's still like, I still remember the brands. Like, honestly, like, there's the cigars come from four different regions. I mean, typically the cigars that you're gonna see that you order, and it's Nicaraguan cigars. There's Dominican cigars. There's cigars from Honduras, and then there's cigars from Cuba. Right, and you don't see a lot of Cuban cigars in the United States, and that's due to the embargo between mm-hmm. the United States and Cuba. But honestly, hands down, I've had Cuban cigars, but Nicaraguan cigars, that's my ish, man. That's good. And um, um, specifically, like Melania cigars, um, Oliva Melania cigars, those are Nicaraguan. And uh, a lot of cigars um, that come from Nicaragua win cigar aficionado cigar of the year. So yeah, man, it once, once upon a time I was able to just riddle it off my head because I was a big cigar head, but now it's like, man, it's <laughs> two years will do a number on you. Yeah. Man. Like I can't even remember the Oliva Serie V Milano Grand Reserva Limitada and soft box press Robusto. That's it. There baby. it is. This episode <laughs> is not brought to you by big tobacco, but it could be. Oh, you just gotta, you gotta get back into the, and sometimes that's what it is, man. You gotta get back in the swing of things because there's so many different skills that I've learned in my life that I felt like I knew like the back of my hand. Right. And then a few years later, you just totally forget them if you don't use it. If you don't use it, you lose it. You don't use it, you lose it. And then you go back and you revisit it and it's like, I don't know anything about this. And then you look at it for you know another couple of minutes, and you're like, oh well, maybe I remember yeah, this, I and remember this leads this. me to remembering this. Yeah. And so yeah, it's definitely just you know once you learn it once, it's just a matter of you know kind of digging in and unlocking the memory. I feel like I just I like the smell of tobacco, and I feel like the classiest way to do it, which I could see myself doing when I get older and retire, just a good pipe, corncob pipe or something. Man, yeah. I, me and some friends in college, we were. Uh, we just went and bought like corn cob pipes and a loose bag of tobacco and we're smoking <laughs> out of corn cob pipes. <laughs> Dude, it feels classy, like holding this thing and like you doing getting just a nice good pull. Of, I mean, it's just a whole different feel when you're doing it with this long ass pipe. It looks cool too. No, I get it. I mean, honestly. We do not uh, condone smoking, by the way. <laughs> you probably no, shouldn't yeah, smoke not. cigarettes, but. And before, like, you got to mention that before I say the fact that just any type of nicotine (laughs) (laughs) feels good. (laughs) It feels right, man. No, I mean, like, again, you get it if you get it. And like, I'm yeah, again, I'm not encouraging anybody to smoke anything that has nicotine in it. But I mean, for me, it does the trick. I mean, if I'm sitting there you know, have a couple of drinks in me. I'm having a good time with like, as a matter of fact, like right now I could use a one cut bite. <laughs> you are, you know, <laughs> you are a nicotine fiend, man. Anytime we're hanging out with like the, some friends and stuff, you're like, Hey, you got that jewel on you. Dude, I used to have a, a buddy of mine used to do freestyle rap. You ever have a friend that's like really into freestyle rap? Uh, yeah. I feel like you do that sometimes. Man, yeah. Sometimes, but I'm not, I'm not legitimately into it. I had a friend, a buddy of mine that was super into freestyle rap and he would, um, we would go over to his house and he would put on different beats that he would find on YouTube or on, you know, wherever. 
And his go-to line, always his go-to line, it was like always either in the beginning of his rap or it was like in the middle of his rap, he would say, I got that mean green fiend with the crystal. (laughs) (laughs) That's his Uh, signature. That was it, man. And I was like, you know, dude, don't get me wrong. I mean, the dude's like a brother brother to me. The dude's like a brother me today. Um, And... You know, he's still a really good friend of mine, and I think that, you know, his freestyle raps, like, some of them are really good, man. But, like, this particular line was just always kind of his old reliable, you know. Yeah. The green green mean, clean, Mr. Clean with the crystals. (laughs) (laughs) I always, like, so in high school growing up, my brother and I, like, it's funny how we started. Like, the way I got into music in general is so, such a humble beginning. So we had a microphone that we got from like some karaoke game or something. So it was like a USB mic that we realized if we plugged it in the computer, we could record with it. And then we would illegally download instrumentals off of LimeWire. Or, <laughs> yeah, throwback. Uh, and we'd pull it into Windows Movie Maker. And then you could like record over that audio. And so, yeah, I mean, we start from humble beginnings to where I'm, I feel like I'm at now as far as recording in this studio that I have. Um, but yeah, we used to do like just terrible raps and we weren't good at freestyling. We'd always write them out. But one thing that I always, and this is so lame, but I would always be like, yo, it's Dylan and I'm chilling and popping penicillin and I'm killing, I'm a villain. You know, just anything <laughs> that rhymed with my name <laughs> sounds so And why, why would I be popping penicillin? No, dude? man, I get it. The, <laughs> the, the classic too is penicillin. What is oh, yeah. up with freestyle raps? And the inclusion <laughs> of penicillin into the raps, bro. Because it wasn't just it wasn't just you. I'm here to tell you, I had friends and probably the same friend that included penicillin in his rap. <laughs> it's the pain I'm feeling on yeah. penicillin. No, it's just it's a classic. <laughs> bro, it's a classic thing to rhyme things with. I, but yeah, I, I feel mean, like that like villain. You're only you're limited, pretty limited on the amount of things that rhyme with that. Villain. So at some point, you got to turn to penicillin. Chilling, <laughs> penicillin. The pain I'm feeling, you know. Dylan. I mean, there's yeah, there's definitely things, but Not um, many. that wasn't that wasn't my freestyle rap wasn't my thing. But music, man, I loved making music when I was a teenager. I feel like in general, yeah. I mean, I remember I got my first guitar when I was eight, and I could play, you know, the usual you know, "Smoke on the Water," Iron Man. Um, I learned one by Metallica pretty early on just the intro part not the mm-hmm. solo and all that shit and then i found acoustic when i turned like 14 i got my first acoustic and i started getting into like john mayer and tom petty and that's kind of what i still stick to today but as far as like what i like i feel like i listen to i know it sounds you know generic to say but i, I listen to all kinds a little bit of everything not huge on pop country but mostly everything else no, I think that makes sense. And it makes sense because I do the same thing, man. And it comes from background. And, and just to, for reference, Dylan and I both come from a background of we were interested in audio engineering. And so we spent a lot of time, obviously, and I went to school for this. So that was the first degree program that I got involved with. And I think you too, right? Yeah. And so in doing so, it's like you're going to be introduced to a wide variety of different music. So you're going to listen to hip hop, you're going to listen to country music, you're going to listen to pop, you're going to listen to rock and roll. And and so you really have to get comfortable listening to a wide genre of musicians. 
And otherwise, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to be an audio engineer. Yeah. Know? Well, yeah, I don't think as an audio engineer, you can't, you know, pick and choose. You know, if somebody comes to you, you're not going to say, nah, I don't like your kind of music. Like, you're probably going to be like, yeah, I want that job. I should probably take that. Yeah, right. Especially dude, when you're coming up. It's like a tattoo artist, dude. Right. I feel like they do, though, right? They do. Yeah, dude, it's true. I mean, you know, my experience with tattoo artists, and listen, I'm not you know it hasn't been my best experiences with tattoo artists and i'm sure there's tattoo artists out there that are great and they're they make you comfortable and you enjoy sitting for them but honestly uh going in to get a fucking tattoo is one of the most uncomfortable experiences for me i have two full sleeve tattoos and it's never gotten more comfortable for me every time i go in i feel like i suggest something and i always feel like i'm being fucking judged by some pompous asshole that wants to tell me that my fucking idea sucks and it's like, okay, well, fucking dude, I'll bow down to you and fucking get your tattoo then. Like, what, <laughs> what, what do you fucking want to draw on me? You know, it's like, it's bullshit. And I know, dude, I know I'm not the only one that feels like that. I do not have a comfortable experience going in and getting tattoos. I mean, I think the last time I went and got a tattoo, I was like, <laughs> I don't remember what I wanted to like say. It was on the, uh, it was like on the inside of my bicep and I was like, you know, um, I think there was this quote that I thought was really cool and I was like, um, if I've seen further, it's because I, st- I it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants, right? Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, that's that. fucking dope, dude. Because I have so many people that I've learned so much from, and I'm like, you know, it's it's just kind of a like a way to give them a shout out. It's a good sentiment, it's like for you sure. know, like my like people that have raised me, my father, my uncle, like work, like coworkers, colleagues that I've had that have just taught me so much and helped me advance as a person, like not only in my career, but just as a person, just my mentality, my maturity. And um, I'm like, this is dope. And I go in and I'm like, hey man, this is like, I go into a tattoo shop and uh, I'm like, listen, on the inside of my bicep, I want, if I've seen further, it's because I stood on the shoulder of giants. And he's like, that's, he goes, that's really cool, man. But what if we just put, a UFO there instead. <laughs> no, what like, if we, yo, I got an idea. What if we don't do that? Yeah, bro. It's like, I mean, honestly, and they put some like fucking, I don't know, man. It's like, what if we just do some wave work there instead? And like, we just like cover it up and like do nothing there that you want. <laughs> and we do everything that I want. And I get it. You know, you're a tattoo artist. You, you're like the, the, you know, the customer just doesn't get it. But I think if somebody could come up with a tattoo shop where it's just like the, cu- <laughs> they, the they customer's use the always right. Customer's <laughs> always right, bro. I'm fucking coming to your tattoo <laughs> shop, man. Just pay your fucking tattoo artist as a flat rate and then just tell them like, yeah, like whatever the fucking people want. They come in, they want to fucking, fucking some ass cheeks tattooed on their elbow. Just give it to them. You know, it's like, don't argue with them. I get what you're saying. And I do feel like I've heard stories that there are a lot of tattoo artists like that out there. Um, I, for one, actually, I had a really good tattoo artist. Like, I feel like we had some good communication. I told him what I wanted. And then when we actually sat down, it was it was cool because he didn't, like, when I showed up, he didn't have, like, here's what we're doing, get ready. It was like we, we were looking through pictures that he had kind of picked out. And it was funny. He had pulled, like, some pictures of some sharks off Google. And I had those exact same pictures from Google saved on my phone. So I was like, yeah. oh, we're on the same fucking page. Let's go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no. And, well, and some of them I know, like, understand their specialty, right? Because, like, my... Right brother-in-law just got some um what's called like a geometric type tattoo done on his leg and he actually reached out to an artist who specialized in like hyper realism like portraits and stuff like that and the guy told him no i don't do those not disrespectfully but he was like that's not you know i'm not i don't want to 
disservice you and give you a geometric tattoo that I don't do. So I feel like you also got to take into account, like some of them know what they're good at. And if you come at something that they're not good at, they may still want your business, but they're not going to be good at what you're asking them to do. No, I totally agree. And that's a totally different type of art sure. as well. So I get it. Some people can draw portraits of people and some people, some tattoo artists are good at like cartoon work, right? They can draw like Rick and Morty really well. Yeah. And some tattoo artists can draw the Mona Lisa. So it's, it's a totally different spectrum. But at the same time, it's like the fucking thing that I was asking for was just some letters, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a tattoo artist and you can't do letters, you can't draw out a phrase, like, you're fucking up, man. Like, come on. That's not that's not a big ask. I feel like that's kind of like tattoo artist community college. It's so like, what did you end up getting? What's on your inner bicep? That's a good question. I have no idea what it's called, <laughs> but I'm sure he has a good name for it. I think it was called <laughs> Phalligraphy. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's uh, There really was a name for it that he gave it, but, I mean, I mean, it's an image. You know, it's like a swirly. Um, but it doesn't say I stood on the shoulder of giants. No, it it doesn't say that. It doesn't even it doesn't even have a letter. You know, it's it's just it's almost like um, I don't know. It looks like something maybe from the Renaissance era. It's a type of art that's just kind of if you could imagine like a fancy picture uh, or a fancy frame for a picture, mm. okay, or a fancy right. frame for I'm a following. mirror. Yeah, yeah. From the Renaissance era, yeah, where I'm the corners you. of it come up in a swirl, and it does a swirl and it's the frames painted gold or yeah, silver I'm that's kind it. of what that image is on my bicep but um it blended in good it, it looks good and he did a great job connecting the sleeve so i'm not upset and he did a lot of other great things that i didn't think of that he incorporated um so i think sometimes you just got to let the artist roll with it but also sometimes it's like, dude, I, I have a fucking idea of what I want on my own skin <laughs> right. for the rest of my then life. I have to wear forever. Yeah. yeah, man. So just take that into consideration instead yeah. of knocking it and just be like, okay, I dig it. Like, I like what you're putting down, but what if we did this instead? <laughs> As opposed to just telling me, like, my idea sucks. Right. So, Dude, speaking of uh, standing on the shoulders of giants, have you ever seen pictures i don't know if they're even real so this may be a stupid transition to go to but pictures of like archaeologists that find these bones that are literally like massive people like they have you seen these mm -hmm. so yeah I, I don't know if i've seen like i've seen like some fake definitely fake images on facebook of really massive bones which it's very obvious it's like a person's the size of a rib cage it's very obvious that it's fake but there was such things as they were like red-haired giants, and I'm actually going to look it up right now. But there were some giants that were found. This might be a... Um, this might also be somewhat of a conspiracy theory, but the red-haired giants, Atlantis, in North America. I believe once upon a time there were some, some relatively large bones that were found in a cave, and the hair on the skull was like red-haired, so they were some type of... I think a legitimate type of person. Let me see. Red-haired giant cannibals at Lovelock Cave. Really? Colorful tales of the American West don't fade away easily. I'm not going to read the whole article, but... All right. Well, I actually found the picture that I was looking for, and National Ge Geographic's caption says, find out how the giant skeleton hoax started. So I'm a dumbass, and... Uh, this is stupid. <laughs> so look, this is what I was talking about. And I wish that was real because that's 
That would be badass. <laughs> okay, so what Dylan's showing me is an image of a giant and <laughs> you are a It's a skeleton badass, and the guy it's, is the size of the skeleton's no, head. No, yeah. So there's a skull and there's a human, like a human standing next to it to scale and the human's, I, I would say the skull's bigger than the human. Dude. And so the skeleton, the giant would have had to have been, I mean, massive. 40 feet. 40 I just feet. wish this thing was real. That'd be so Like, you cool. know the uh, Halloween, they're putting those, like every year now, they people put yeah, those yeah, like 16-foot yeah. skeletons in their yard. How big are those? Um, I want to say they're 10. I mean, no, that's probably not right. It's probably 15. I don't Somewhere know. in that range, yeah. Might not even I've seen that some big. people that like leave yeah. them up through Christmas too, and they'll put like a Santa Claus yeah. hat on it and stuff, and act like it's hanging up lights. That's pretty cool. I think they're about ten feet. If I had to guess, well, that Santa Claus that I had in my front double. yard was ten feet. Yeah, I feel like they're taller than that. Well, I feel like it's about double the size of me, but you know, it's not inflatable. Um, yeah. Every Halloween now, people have these ten um, foot skeletons out in their front yard, and it's some of them have. There's also a werewolf iteration of I've these skeletons. That. Have you seen that? Uh-huh. And they're just giant. They're plastic figures. They're not inflatable. They're they're totally solid, and um, it makes for a good decoration. And, and they're actually relatively affordable. I think the the werewolf version of that was like maybe $400 at Home Depot. And I almost picked up one of those because yeah. I thought, you know, hey, if I have a big werewolf in my front yard... I'm not obligated to put up any other decoration during yeah. Halloween. That's it. I put together this werewolf. I've done my due diligence, and that's what you get. Dude, someday as we get closer to the holidays, I can't wait to do a holiday episode because if you know anything about me, what you will learn, your boy loves the holidays. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, that's when I like. That's when I come out of my cage. That's when I'm alive. I deck the halls, dude. Um, I actually found a couple of websites that I'm pretty sure like out of Canada or something that have like very unique holiday decorations that you couldn't find at like Walmart or Target. And you better believe that I'm already got my eye on some some things that nobody else in this neighborhood is going to have. It's going to put my house on the motherfucking map. So Dylan and I were neighbors. And oh, so that's how we met. That's how we met. For the first time. And so every year, actually, the, fir- the first... When I first moved into our neighborhood, I was across the street from Dylan, and I saw maybe a couple months into me living there, I saw Dylan, 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 I saw Dylan putting up some Christmas decorations. Yes, sir. And he had a Santa Claus that was his 10-foot inflatable Santa Claus that he was putting up. But what you got to understand is Dylan's house is two stories, and Dylan has a deck on his first story and then he has a deck on his second story so it's kind of like a double porch situation so his first porch is only like nine feet until it reaches i mean like eight feet (laughs) until it reaches the second deck and so every year he was putting out this like 10 11 12 foot santa claus that was inflatable but he put it on his first deck (laughs) and so the santa claus in order to be under that deck, he had to go into like a leaning state. <laughs> so he's like, really, it was like a folded in half Santa Claus. Well, as opposed to, you know, like a, the way that it was supposed to be if you put it on the side of your house. But all right. yeah, I mean, he's enthusiastic to say the least. In hindsight, so it wasn't folded. I, I had to like lean him out to where he was kind of like touching the upper balcony with his head. And then he was strapped on both sides to the pillar. And then the last year, and I think maybe the year before that, I decided to actually put him just in the yard because 
it just made more sense to have him standing up, right? But this year, I already have some plans for uh, a little theme that I'm thinking. I can't spoil it yet. We'll wait till when I put my Christmas decorations up on October 31st. Okay. So actually, this past year, <laughs> uh, Halloween night, I took my Halloween decorations down and started putting Christmas decorations up at like 11 p.m. on October 31st. Your boy, I don't wait. To, Christmas comes the day of Halloween well, for me. <clears throat> so to be fair, we also live in a neighborhood where Halloween stays Halloween until Christmas hits. So everybody really has their Halloween decorations up the whole entire time until Christmas. And then they keep their Christmas decorations up until, I don't know, all throughout January. (laughs) It goes into February until it changes. But um, last year, we had um, a Halloween theme between myself, Dylan, and then we have another neighbor. And actually, the the fourth neighbor got involved as well a little bit. But we had an alien theme. A UFO theme. Yeah, and we love UFOs and aliens. Enough to decorate our houses with UFOs and aliens. But we we did. We decorated it as, um, you know, we had some UFOs. Dylan hung a UFO off the side of his house. He he built it. I mean, tell us your process, yeah. man. Like you, man. <laughs> Let's talk about this because I actually. It was good, man. So I actually forgot until you just said that. I GoPro'd me building that whole thing. Like I have footage of me constructing that thing. And it was, okay, completely structurally sound, but not well built. So I took this really thick, like, cardboard cylinder. And this bitch was super hard to, like, cut into. But I cut some holes into it to where I could stick a 2x4 into it. Okay, the cardboard cylinder actually came from, I I put rubber, like, half-inch thick rubber gym floors (laughs) in my basement. And they came in on four foot like four foot by like 20 foot rolls and so these cylinders were made to hold really heavy rubber flooring and so they were like a half inch thick and you know in terms of thickness and then like i don't know like 10 15 inches in you know diameter or whatever i was shocked at like how durable those things were like i've never thought cardboard was like it must be something more than just cardboard because this shit like it was a very strong cylinder, Dude, but it's, it's cardcrete. Sure, <laughs> cardboard mix concrete. <laughs> but I put a two by four through it, and then I took like some chicken wire and some smaller boards to kind of build a frame, and then made this huge oval. I forget how wide it was. Probably I don't know four four and a half feet, five feet, something like that. And then I put a a lamp, like a outdoor fog lamp, in in the top so that it would shine down through the bottom and look like it was a UFO, like abducting people and then i took hvac insulation or not hvac insulation hvac uh i don't know what the fuck you call it like foil mm-hmm. it basically was this silver hvac stuff and then some no, it was silver. like it was like a, uh, a reflective insulation what is it called either way whatever yeah. i can show a picture sometime or something and then i had the insulation duct tape which was silver just to cover up any like Seems. It was really similar to what you put in the windshield of a car in the summer. That's right. When you're trying to reflect the heat in yeah, a car. So if you could imagine like. that, that's essentially what was being used. And uh, it ended up looking like Jiffy Pop when you, <laughs> <laughs> when you like what are is, cooking popcorn on what the is stove. Jiffy Pop, dog? You don't know, like, the, it used no. to be, like, back in the fucking, I don't know, 70s, 80s, 90s, there was a popcorn that you'd cook on the stove, and it had a little handle, and it, as it cooked, the foil would come up. You know, as the popcorn yeah. pops, the foil would, like, until it, like, popped. 
It was essentially in the shape. I mean, what it looked like was like if you scaled an egg to. Come on, man. It didn't look that <laughs> bad. <laughs> All right. It didn't look great. A giant egg covered in aluminum foil, man, with like light coming out of its look. bottom. Yeah. And, and then honestly, the way that I. It was heavy as fuck, too, dude. That thing was a pain in the ass to get up and get down. You had to come help me get it up. And I'm pretty sure we didn't have a great way. We didn't have a ladder, so we just took, like, fucking chairs and hoisted it up. I had to stick it through my, like, under, on on my upper deck under the handrails. And then I took a bunch of barbell weights and just set it on the other end of the 2 by 4 In hindsight, horrible idea because if somebody would have walked under that thing and the weights fell off... I mean, it would have concussed. It was someone. heavy. It was it heavy. Was heavy. As fuck. It was made out of, you know, there was a lot of two by fours plus the heavy cardboard, you know, cardcrete. <laughs> Whatever there, that was. You know? um, so, I mean, it definitely had some weight to it. And we had to get it down after Halloween, too. And I remember it was kind of like, you know, lift up the weights and it was like timber. Well, <laughs> I ended like, up, yeah, just you know, I took the cat. weights off and then kind of push it and then it was hard I, I couldn't get it past like the handrail again it kept getting stuck and I and I was afraid it was gonna like break my handrail off so I ended up kind of just going like one two three and pushed it and it fucking slammed down to the ground but it's harder to make uh like a DIY UFO than what you would expect <laughs> no I mean it's hard to even find one like you can't really find a like a UFO or an inflatable UFO online at least yeah, not true. one to scale Right. I mean, every year I look on Amazon for UFO decor. That's how I save money, dude. I'm like, <laughs> you can do a different theme every year for Halloween, but for me, it's like, okay, what Alien. what do I have left over <laughs> from the previous year? Okay, I'm going to incorporate that and then add one more decoration. Yeah, that's what I do for Christmas. I mean, I have just thousands of lights. That my goal with Christmas is, or my motto is, if you can't beat them, blind them. Just put as many, <laughs> as many lights up as you can and just make sure that they can't see you after they walk by just stay like well last year you did a um that tunnel a tunnel that was cool that out turned of, like, out PVC way pipe. cooler than i thought yeah and you wrapped it in christmas lights and it was i mean uh, constantly and and what he did was essentially i mean there's a sidewalk in front of dylan's house and he took pvc pipe and he made these arches and they were spaced you know, a, maybe a foot apart. And he made these arches all the way down for like 10, 15 feet. And he wrapped them in Christmas, um, Christmas lights. And so, I mean, almost on a nightly basis, dude, I would see couples walk through those Christmas lights and essentially like, you know, take pictures of them because it was a Christmas wonderland. Yeah, dude, that was, that was a lot of trial and error. I, uh, I'd saw it off of a couple YouTube videos and I did it a little bit differently than how they did it, but it took some trial and error. I ended up getting, um, how many was it? I think it was eight 10-foot PVC pipes, and then I ended up having to cut them into, like, angles and arch them together. And then I got, like, a 400-foot strand of lights and then, uh, like, 20 10-foot strands of garland or something like that. And it was that was the funnest part for me was, like, hearing people, like, if I was, like, sitting in my living room, I could hear people outside, like, walking and, like, stopping and kids want to take pictures he and stuff, He would just dude. sit there and record them all night long. <laughs> yes. He's just like, who's who's in my who's in my winter wonderland? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I, dude, I love that, though. That's what I love about the holidays is just, like, putting a smile on some people's face when they walk past my house. That's what it's, <laughs> it's all like about, man. Christmas morning for you is just sitting out, like, behind your blinds all night <laughs> right. saying, like, oh, who's getting a kick out of my, my winter wonderland? Dude, that I, I love out. it, man. 
No, I get it. I mean, for me, I don't do a great job decorating for Christmas every year. And um, the first year that I moved into the neighborhood, I I went like as hard as I could go. I climbed out on, I don't have a second porch. I just have a bottom porch. And then I have a roof that's on top of my bottom porch. It's like a tin roof. And it's kind of like a wraparound deck. And I crawled out. I didn't have a big ladder either. So the only way I could do this was like Mission Impossible style. Way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tied like a rope around my fucking waist and then like <laughs> tied it to my closet doorknob, you know. And <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's secure. No, I didn't even have that. And that's the sad thing. But um, I would have to climb out onto that roof. And then I had clips. You can buy clips for your Christmas lights. Yeah. And then you hang, I mean, you know, the pros, they probably already know all about this, but this was my first time. So <laughs> these these handy clips, and I like the bigger Christmas lights, not the small yeah, Christmas C9 lights bulbs. that are clear. Yeah, yeah, I like the thicker, maybe one-inch Christmas lights where they're not see-through either. They're a solid color right. unless ceramic. they get the light. The ceramic ones are the best. Yeah, man, those look good. And they have some clips for those. And so I had to crawl out there, and I, you know, I wanted to impress my wife, man. Like, I was, this was like one of the, this was like the first house we owned where we had like two decks and you know we could really decorate our house with some christmas decorations and make it look good i don't even think we did our previous house that we owned but i crawled out there and i clamped all these hooks i'm terrified of heights i don't know if you're a big heights guy but depends yeah i'm not i'm not into it and so i i just with all the bravery that i had i went out there and i hung these lights and I was proud, man. The first year, my house looked incredible. It looked immaculate. Just the simplicity of those lights, and I don't, and I maybe had a couple other decorations on the bottom, but it just looked good. And then, yeah, that was it, man. Last year, the, I don't think I decorated anything. Was that the same year you got that little four-foot Santa? Too? No, that was the year after to compensate. The house looked good that year oh, too. Oh wait, yeah, like maybe I had that the first year too. I, I like a classic. I don't know. I like a classic Christmas style. <laughs> 